2: Hello, I'm Claire Mutimer. And I'm Susie Coulson. Welcome to The Backstory. We are bringing you a new season of Backstories with the theme, A New Normal, telling the stories of us all adjusting to life in the midst of this corona outbreak. We hope you find some comfort in hearing other people's new normals.
3: Hi, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. Sort of losing track of how many weeks we've been doing this for but i know that it's easter that's the only thing literally that is um giving me any sense of where we are in the year so did you get any nice easter eggs well i have swapped easter
2: eggs for wine this year and the uh, calorie intake (laughs) i thought it's not worth it i just stick with the wine thanks Um, Yeah, the children are suitably sugar-filled and, uh, yeah, I I don't
3: think it's probably a great combination of home isolation and a lot of sugar. That's going to be fun when they come down from that, isn't it? So... I don't know about you, but I feel as though every conversation is dominated by Corona and, you know, whatever we're talking about, it's there or it's in the subtext of what we're talking about.
2: Yeah, it is, isn't it? And I think the thing is that in a way, like I I still can't get enough of it. I have to admit that in some of the sort of scientific sort of longer pieces i've got quite into those You're such
3: an nerd. but
2: i know i'm such an nerd sometimes but on the other hand um yeah it, it becomes quite boring and and just sort of yeah we don't need to say it all the time but then perhaps we do uh, but i do feel like it's shifting which is kind of a you know a bonus okay what's it in
3: what way what do you mean
2: well i'm sort of noticing a trend for people starting to talk about exit strategies and sort of what the longer term impact might be which is you know perhaps um trying to keep us all slightly optimistic whereas those first few weeks they were all about kind of shopping weren't they
3: and toilet rolls and pasta yeah That seems like such a long time ago. Yeah, it's nice to leave that behind. Anyway, Anyway, so in this week's podcast, which is the last in our little set of backstories of our new normal, we are, of course, talking about life in the time of Corona. But I thought that maybe we could just talk about something else for a few moments. That sounds like a very good idea. Yeah. What, What suggestions do you have? Well, you asked me questions. I don't know. Was it last week? Was it the week before? Or I really have no idea. No don't know either. And also I don't know whether you remember but ages ago in a different you know a land far far away we did some small talk starters for Christmas parties. Do you remember doing that? I do remember that yeah yeah the Christmas tree falling on our head. Yeah it did yeah. These are a bit like that they are basically a cut out and keep list for your next Zoom FaceTime house party Ah. and I'm going to admit I had to Trawl the internet for ideas because I was fresh out of anything and loads of them seem to be about what you were watching on Netflix and online dating and what you've done on TikTok recently which clearly I am you know a hundred years too old for so these are hopefully a bit more relevant something that I can kind of at least get my head around okay i really can't get my head around tiktok
2: and it's just tiger king is the recommendation that everyone needs to hear apparently so yeah moving on from there carry on
3: okay i honestly i think you and i are the only ones in the world that haven't watched tiger king, yeah but yeah tiger that's King. that's what i'm saying okay so question number one what is something that you like to do that other people find weird I think that having
2: mustard with chicken probably
3: is um, something that my husband finds very weird. He thinks that's a really strange thing to do. What about you? Yeah, tidying. I mean, I know actually lots of people like tidying, but I really, really like yes, tidying up. I, I really, that. yeah, in your, it sues so, um, Okay, what's the next one? Next one is, what's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given?
2: Hmm.
3: I mean, I always find advice... It sounds a bit naff and
2: like you're at the end of some sort of cheesy film, doesn't it? I think, to be honest, it's kind of passing the back slightly, but I think asking advice from people that you respect or you want to work for or something like that can be quite a good way of kind of catching their ear and getting you noticed. Oh, very strategic. Yeah, I've done that a few times to quite good effect. So, yeah, I would say that that's, you know, don't, don't look to give out your own advice, but ask others for their
3: advice and they love the sort of ego massage. So, yeah. And what about you? I mean, I agree with you. I think you know, advice generally, you never really want advice to be given to you. I think it's more stuff that you overhear, stuff that you kind of pick up along the way. I remember my dad. There was this guy that my dad worked with who I always thought was really standoffish, and my dad said, you know, sort of just be careful because very often people who seem standoffish are actually incredibly shy. You know, so kind of give him a break, basically, and. I've applied that a few times and I think there's some truth in it. Okay, question three, which this is quite pertinent at the moment. What makes a good friend? Um, A good friend, I think it's a lot in the thoughtfulness.
2: Um, I have to say, actually, one of my best friends remembered it was my brother's birthday this week and he's been dead for 18 years now, so that's quite impressive. But it's not just thoughtfulness, of course. They've got to make you laugh, share enough with you so that they don't seem smug and if you want to moan, it doesn't feel like a one-way track and sort of invest in the relationship as much as you know both of you can and then fun i think is a massive part of friendship being cheeky silly drinking too much together
3: that's kind of fab so yeah i need someone who'll kind of go out dancing with me but also i i think for me i really appreciate people who are honest i don't mean honest as in you know tactless and blunt but i just mean people who maybe like me <laughs> I just think people who've got that level of awareness of themselves, you know, that don't kind of fall into those kind of cliched ways of thinking. And, and yeah, I think that's pretty important to me. And also someone that is honest with you and will maybe, you know, pull you on stuff. Yeah. 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 yeah, But, in you know, in the best, in the nicest possible way. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, next question. What have you always wanted to do but never had the courage to do? Keep it clean.
2: Yeah, this is a tricky one. I'm not really sure. I mean, I think kind of probably building a business, but hopefully we might be on the way to that now. Deciding what success is and then kind of going for it. And I suppose there's two parts to that. So, yeah.
3: Okay, you're so much more thoughtful than I am. (laughs) Mine was Go Blonde. (laughs) (laughs) Go Blonde, brilliant. Would you actually want to go blonde? I'd like to give it a go. Okay, last question. What would you most like to know? The thing that kind of comes to mind instantly is I'd like to know how to sing. (laughs) But I just don't. I'd like to know science, like anything. Like you you know that my understanding of science is sub-kindergarten. It's basically, it's magic to me and you could tell me anything and I would believe you. So I would like to have some basic understanding of how stuff works. Right, so that's distracted us from corona for a few minutes, Susie. So what's coming up today? So in this week's backstory, we're hearing about being in lockdown when you're all still getting used to living in the same house. Nancy is the mum, Nina is her 17-year-old daughter, and Wes is their lodger, not their real names. We'd originally planned this as a three-way conversation, but of course, things don't always go to plan these days, so it starts as a conversation between Nancy and Nina and moves on from there. It's sort of a recording in three parts. As Claire mentioned at the top, apologies for the sound, but this one is worth a listen.
1: So, Nina...
3: So, Nancy...
1: What have you been doing today?
4: Today, we went to the shops. Yeah? Um. There wasn't much of a queue,
1: so that was really well, great. Well,
4: in Lidl or Aldi, wasn't much of a queue. In wait shows, there was. Yeah, OK. And then we went out and took some photos in the sun.
1: In the rapeseed field. Yeah. Where you moaned about, um, <laughs> how badly I take pictures? Yeah. And then on the way back, walked... Even though you me. said that was okay. It was okay. Um, and what have I been doing today? I've had a really lazy day today because I've actually got a hangover today. Because um, you got very drunk last night. I got very drunk last night, so that's what I've been doing in lockdown. Um, <laughs> and uh, I had lots of plans to do my allotment and I've got a whole list of jobs to do, but I've actually
4: done any of it?
1: no laying in the garden and read in the sunshine and done a bit of laundry and a bit of shopping with you and some pictures with you and just helped a neighbor just now on her plot and that's it so um i haven't been doing a lot today which isn't great but it well it is great actually i've been trying to go with the flow of not doing very much so that's been really nice so um we haven't really got any particular routine have we in this kind of lockdown your sleep pattern went out the window didn't it
4: yeah, so I'm going to sleep between half two and five and waking up at between about ten and twelve.
1: And you're trying to change that? Trying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're moaning every morning because where's <laughs> our, our lodger? We, we end up chatting in the hall and that ends up really irritating you. It wakes me up every morning.
4: <laughs> this morning is the first morning in genuinely weeks I haven't been woken up by someone else.
1: Okay. So yeah, so I'm trying really, really hard not to. Are you? I, I am. Yeah, trying really hard not to chitty chat too much, but it's really hard when someone chitty chats to you. You can't ignore them. So, see, so yeah. So we've got we've got um, a new housemate, um, and that's been quite interesting because we didn't really know him when he moved in, and now we know him very well. And now we know him very well. We've got to the point where we're talking about poos and farts. So, um... and you've been naked in front of him i have been <laughs> naked in front of him. I've been, I was, I was slightly worried that I was accidentally naked in front of him. <laughs> Let's just move on.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass-
1: um a recording for backstory with my daughter my lodger and in true covid 19 style nothing has really turned out the way expected it to and small things that normally would just get done sort of become quite an effort and a task so i decided um, basically my lodgers sort of not been here and my daughter's been reluctant to just sit and talk to me. So I thought I would adapt in the spirit of COVID-19. So I thought this is the best I can do. So I guess kind of what's been going on in the house, its it's been really quite, in some ways it's not been very different, in other ways it's really different. And I guess the difference is there's no comings and goings and I really miss the comings and goings quite a lot. My daughter's been in her room quite a lot That's not particularly unusual. I've been in my room a lot, which is really quite unusual. So I've had to work from home and there's been nowhere private to do my work. So my work involves me working mental health and it involves me normally providing a therapy to clients that's both group and individual. And I guess part of the priority work has been keeping that going somehow. And I think it's not even so much about the content. It's been about people knowing that you're trying to be consistent, that you're still holding them in the mind, that you still care. But that's been a massive challenge because it's involved trying to use technology, um, which I'm really crap at. So things like Zoom, and then when you live in the countryside and you've got a really crap internet, that's been really, really hard. And I think part of the challenge with that has also been, I've been doing it in my bedroom. So I've been sat on my bed. So I've tried to kind of make the space difference. I've kind of draped things over my bed so it doesn't look like my bed. And but I've, been, I've been really aware that I've been sat on my bed and I found the kind of breaching the boundaries of like home and work quite difficult and kind of getting some headspace from it. I'm normally really good at that. So I think that's been a massive difference is how work has kind of bled into my home life a lot. And just trying to managing the rules around it, the rules of engagement around it. So I was with a client, you know, talking to a client the other day, and then I just heard this sort of loud scream and then realised um my daughter had made some pasta downstairs, forgotten about it, gone upstairs to a room, and there was basically loads like it dried up and there was like loads and loads and loads of smoke. <laughs> so i'm like with my client going, you know my client can hear this in the background my daughter screaming and i'm having just can i just check everything's okay and you know just i mean it was okay but it was just weird like they're in my world they can hear i've got a daughter they can hear my daughter they can hear her screaming when she burns basta in the background so it kind of delineates the line between work and home and i've not liked that very much at all but it's also felt really important to me to keep work going and i have valued the structure of it so on work days i still need to get up at a normal work time i start work at eight o'clock kind of in my room from eight o'clock you know come out for a little tea break go back in and get you know so i've i've still had routine and structure i think on the other days i think i think i'm still quite good at maintaining some kind of routine and structure but what I've noticed is that I am really hard on myself on the days that I haven't done that and I don't think I'm unique in that so I know that there's loads I could be doing but it's just been harder to do it just feels like it's a real effort to sometimes just do real basic things and you're letting things go that maybe you wouldn't normally let go and I don't really know what that's about I don't really know what that's about and again I know that I don't like it because I think the other thing that I've noticed about that is it's um, it's almost like this is a period of forced reflection so it feels like we're all on some kind of buddhist retreat where we're forced to kind of be with ourselves and away from distractions and I think what I notice is my head naturally goes to the criticisms and thinking about things I haven't done or the things I wanted to do or my personal flaws and traits. I notice I've got lots of thoughts about the kind of mother I've been and the kind of mother I could be and and there's kind of nowhere to escape from that. I think although it's a little bit painful, and it is painful to kind of stop and think and reflect, I'm also hoping some good will come out of it because hopefully those reflections will help me think about how I can do things differently in the future if I want things to be different. In terms of dynamics in the house, so I guess what's really interesting is that my daughter went to live in London to do her A-levels, which is quite a big thing. She's got family in London and we live in really rural Northamptonshire and she'd had enough of living the countryside, and decided that she wanted to go to London to do her A-levels, which I was a bit like, you're a bit too young to be doing that, but also if she wants to do that, then yeah, I'm going to let her do it and it didn't pan out how she wanted it to and she actually came back about four or five weeks before all this started. So, and sort of resumed school in, in the sort of local town. So it's almost like starting again. So we've gone from a situation where we haven't been together very much and she's been really very, very independent to her coming back home again And I think I had some expectations that her having been away would make her more independent, and it absolutely has. And for a time, I think it made her her more grateful about what she's got at home. But it's like she's reverted back to how she was before she went to London. And just sort of spending a lot of time in her room, like, not tidying up after herself. Just being very teenage, really. Which is a bit sad kind of, maybe my expectations are a bit unrealistic. I guess I'd hoped, I'd hoped it would be a bit more, there'd be a bit more shared stuff. Um, I think she finds it quite hard, or that she finds me quite intrusive. I think I'm just being interested and asking questions and she finds me intrusive and irritating. You know, we haven't fought as much as I thought we would fight, being stuck together, but equally we haven't seen as much of each other as I'd hoped because she spends a lot of time in her room. And then the other situation is that um, I had um, a lodger move-in just before all this started, about three weeks before all this started. It was someone who I really hardly knew, so it was someone who I knew about, and I knew they were looking for somewhere, and I knew people who knew him, and it's a man as well. And so that's been really interesting because we've been kind of flung together, and we literally had, like because my daughter was, was poorly, and we thought we'd better stay, you know, literally shut in for two weeks just in case it was the Covid-19 symptoms so I've essentially been in a home with someone who I don't know very well for 14 days and thank god it's been all right so we've both been very easygoing. um we've both we've both kind of just got on with it but I think what's been really weird is um, is kind of doing things that maybe I'd normally do with a partner. So cooking together and going for walks together. If That's been kind of weird, but it's like, actually, well, if you we don't do that, what you know, what are you going to do? Because there's, there's nothing else to do. You know, kind of negotiating the telly together. And I guess what's made it feel like that is because it's there's been nothing to dilute it. So it's kind of weird having those experiences with someone who you don't, I guess don't have any romantic feelings for. Um, and in terms of romance so um, i am i've been doing internet dating for years i, I really like it because i think you meet people who you wouldn't normally have any contact with and i think what i what i've liked is so there's a couple of people who i've been messaging and it feels quite old fashioned because we're not going to meet we're not going to be able to meet for ages so the kind of getting to know you is all via correspondence and the kind of etiquette around that So um, the idea of waiting for a reply, getting a reply, kind of not replying too soon, not leaving it too long. And again, the parameters around that have changed, I think. So it feels okay to leave it for a day or two days, maybe even three, whereas I think normally the speed of correspondence would be a bit quicker. So there's one chap who I'm chatting to and it's just really nice, sort of asking questions and finding out about each other. I don't know if it'll ever go anywhere, I don't know if we'll ever meet. But it's it's really nice to have this correspondence with someone and be asking questions that maybe you wouldn't normally ask. Um, I think the other thing I've noticed is it's made me really reflective about my past relationships and a bit kind of sad, really, because I guess, I can't really put it into words, but you sort of realise the qualities of someone and I guess it makes you miss them. But also, I think, oh, my God, it could have been really awful if they'd still been here. And it was, you know, and it was awful. So I also feel some relief. And then I've got friends. I had a friend the other night who messaged me, and it was she'd just split up from her husband after nearly 40 years of marriage, less than a year ago. And she messaged me last night to tell me that it was her 39th wedding anniversary. She's just in the process of getting divorced. And she was completely on her own. And although I think she's very happy not to be spending her 39th wedding anniversary with her husband, I think it really did amplify her loneliness last night, because we were messaging a little bit. So I think, yeah, I think the thing that this this pandemic has done is, you know, kind of made us be with ourselves in a way that I think we have never had to be before, that like had to be. And I think for some people that'll be easier than others.
3: We hope you've enjoyed these stories from our new normal. That's it from us for a while, but we'll be back with some brand new backstories soon. Bye for now. We are The Backstory Podcast on Facebook and Instagram,
2: at The Backstory Pod on Twitter. Search for The Backstory with Claire
3: and Susie in your podcast directory. sponsorship opportunities or if you'd like to take part in a show please contact hello at the backstorypodcast.co.uk the backstory podcast is produced by tin shed productions